As a farmer, I don't think you have any chance of trying to improve your situation unless you first of all understand what your situation is. So where are you starting from? Is, is your farm a large emitter of greenhouse gases or a, small, a smaller emitter of greenhouse gases? And where are those greenhouse gases? Where are they coming from? Once you have identified that, then you can make a plan. Hello, I'm Cahal Summers. And I'm Deirdre Glenn. You're Chagas Sustainability Advisors. And you're welcome to the Chagas Environment Edge podcast number 64, bringing you the latest information, science, and opinion to improve farm sustainability. The farmer's been asked to reduce greenhouse gas emissions by 2030. Is this achievable or can the changes make our farms more sustainable in regards to environment and profitability? Dr. Tom O'Dwyer, head of the Chagusk Signpost Programme, joins us to discuss our options on farm. Tom, you're very welcome to the show. Thanks, uh, Deirdre. The Signpost Programme has been around a couple of years now. Can you tell us what it's all about? Yes, uh, the Signpost Programme, Deirdre, was uh, launched in uh, May of 2021. So uh, we've um, over two and a half years under our belt at this stage. Um, so what it was established to do uh, was to lead and support the transition of Irish farming towards more sustainable farming systems. Um, and in more simpler language, I guess, Deirdre, Uh, The Signpost Programme was set up to help and support Irish farmers as they adjust their farming businesses, um, principally to to achieve our climate targets, so to reduce greenhouse gas emissions from agriculture, uh, but also to help farmers uh, farm more sustainably. So reduce greenhouse gases, um, reduce the risk of nutrient loss to water, uh, improve biodiversity, and also and this is, this is quite important, I think, to ensure that farmers, uh, as they farm, uh, continue to be profitable. So farmers primarily farm and produce uh, high-quality food to, to make a living, to, to earn an income. So we have to uh, look after that. And in the Signpost programme, what we're trying to do is to try to ensure that we get those uh, different elements of sustainability, the, the economic, the environmental and the social, we get them all um, moving in the right direction um, and uh, that um, all, all I guess, are are in balance. That we're we're continuing to produce quality food. Uh, the farmers that are doing that are making a profit, and they're doing it in such a way that they're um, having less of a, a load on the landscape, or are 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 gentler with nature, if you want to put it that way. So there's less uh, greenhouse gas emissions, improved biodiversity, and better water quality. Have you um, partnered up with other companies, etc., to deliver this program? Yes, uh, a key feature of the Signpost program is is that uh, uh, we are working with a lot of other partners across the Irish agri-food industry. Uh, in fact, we have over sixty partners who are um, partnering with Chagask in the Signpost program. All of our major meat and milk processors, um, all of the main farm organisations, a number of industry representative bodies, uh, our own parent department, the Department of Agriculture, Food and Marine, and a no- number of other um, uh, organisations that uh, either supply inputs to farmers or support farmers in, in some way as they go about their business. So there's a big confidence in the whole programme then? Well, there's uh, there's a lot of partners in the program, and I, I guess they're they're all looking at what we're trying to achieve, and and they they all have they all have an interest in in the signpost program being successful. Um, so you take say our meat and milk processors, and you know they're trying to sell our meat and milk um, on uh, external markets. So ninety percent of our our, our uh, farm produce is exported. Um, so they're competing with uh, other uh, processors from other countries, other countries right across the world. 
And one of the selling points is the fact uh, the emissions of your kilo of milk or kilo of beef. Um, that's that's what the processors are saying to us. They're they're facing challenges to show that Irish beef and milk is produced with a low carbon footprint. Um, so they they have an interest in supporting their suppliers to uh, adjust um, their businesses so that they're producing meat and milk with low carbon footprint. So, yeah, um, you know, yeah, the partners in the program have an interest in in, in the program succeeding. Yeah. Tom, you mentioned targets and there's nothing like a good target to pull everybody together in an industry to, to solve a problem. But what are the targets? And I suppose there's, I suppose, whispers that are they achievable? Is, is it too high of a mountain to climb or, or do we have a suite of measures in place to, to meet that target? If we were speaking, say, the middle of last year, maybe a little even before that, uh, early last year, we would have been debating what the target for agriculture was going to be. At, at that stage, the target for, for Ireland, the national target, was was identified. So Ireland overall has committed to reducing its greenhouse gas emissions by 50% by 2030 and um, to reach uh, net zero by 2050. So th- th- they're, they're uh, for the country as a whole, um, and there was a lot of debate then over, you know, what reduction target would energy the energy sector have what reduction target would the transport sector have what reduction target would the agriculture farming sector have so those targets were set at the middle of last year uh july 2022 and agriculture was allocated a target of uh, reducing reducing its greenhouse gas emissions by 25 percent um over the decade uh compared to a 2018 baseline um, what's not yet set, um, and which is still, um, you know, up for discussion, is the target um, for greenhouse gas emissions reduction for the la- land use, land use change, and forestry section. So that's it's referred to as LULUCF, and the the indication is that the target will be between 38, 37, and fifty eight percent. So it's going to be somewhere in there in terms of um, uh, emissions reduction. Um, so that's that's in, a little bit in doubt, but the reduction target for agriculture is to reduce targets by by tw- emissions by twenty five percent by twenty thirty. Um, and if you want to break that down a little further, um, the indication is that maybe about forty uh, percent, two fifths of that would be achieved by the end of twenty twenty five. So about ten percent reduction, and uh, the balance then between uh, the end of twenty twenty five and twenty thirty. So, um, so that's the kind of the target. So, how we how are we doing? Or you know, so the, your question can can the targets be met within Chagas? We believe that there there is a way of um, reducing greenhouse gas emissions while continuing to produce lots of uh, healthy, nutritious food. Um, that uh, pathway includes uh, um, changes to farming practices um, and the incorporation of new technologies in, into the way farmers farm. So, yeah, we, we reckon it is possible, um, but it is going to require change on, on, the, on the part of farmers. And that's what the Signpost program is about, is, is to try and help farmers to make those changes so that they can continue to produce food, they can t- continue to be profitable, uh, but will we'll have reduced their um, greenhouse gas emissions. And what, what are the big tools in the toolbox, Tom, to, to meet what measures are? What are the main ones that you're looking for farmers to do at the moment? Oh, 
Chagas published its uh, marginal abatement cost curve in uh, the summer of this year, and it effectively is is our roadmap to reducing emissions, and it lays out the tools in the toolbox, um, to use your your, your own uh, phrase, Carl. So what, what are they? Um, uh, at the moment, the, the ones that are available to farmers are largely around um, reducing the reliance on chemical fertilizer. So any any activity that can re reduce the farm's reliance on chemical nitrogen. So for example, correcting soil pH through liming, improving soil P and K uh, indices uh, through application of uh, slurries or manures or uh, fertilizer P and K, um, better use of, of uh, slurries and manures, um, and clover and multi-species swords. All those can can contribute um, to the farm um, having to purchase less fertilizer nitrogen. So there's a cost saving for the farmer and there's a benefit to the environment. That's one. Number two then is uh, for the fertilizer nitrogen you are going to use, um, it's recognized that using protected urea as your source of nitrogen is a positive in terms of greenhouse gas emissions. It, it reduces uh, greenhouse gas emissions and it, it also actually reduces ammonia emissions compared to straight urea. So we're advising farmers to, um, to number one, um, switch to protected urea, and number two, to re reduce the overall level of fertilizer nitrogen. Um, another one is the, to use to apply uh, slurry using low emission slurry spreading technology. Um, and that's a technology that's been well um, adopted by farmers. Uh, longer grazing seasons, uh, better quality animals in terms of um, their genetic merits. So uh, higher EBI on your dairy cows, uh, better um, better um, star rating, the um, the uh, replacement index uh, for your suckler cows, uh, breeding better yos as well. All, all that happens, so the, the animals can uh, produce more uh, from less. That's that's uh, effectively what we're trying to do. And also, there's there's some um, research now that suggests that, particularly on the dairy cow side, that these higher EBI cows generate less methane. So our, our our focus at the moment, and uh, sorry, the other one that that the big one at the other big one at the moment that we should talk about is the age of finishing of beef animals, um, because we have we have few enough technologies that that can available to us currently that can help us to reduce methane emissions. Uh, but one of the technologies that is available to us is to look at how we manage our our beef stock to, to from from birth to to finish, and and can we. Can we take a week or two weeks or a month off off that um, uh, um, finishing period, so that those, the animals are on the farm for less time, and and that results in a saving in methane. So we we are also working with farmers to try and uh, reduce the age at finishing. That's a, that's another big uh, target. So Tom, your program is kind of pushing, putting research into practice. Which of those actions are the most urgent actions? or most achievable urgent actions for the farmers? We um, have uh, created a, 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 a concept called the 12 steps. So these are 12 steps that farmers can take to reduce their greenhouse gas emissions. And for us, uh, we number step number one uh, on the stairs is, 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 the, is the easiest step. Okay, so it's the, you know, you're, it's the first step Sometimes people say the first step is the more difficult step, but um, the way we've put it is that let's start this journey to reducing emissions with, with what we can perceive to be the easiest step or some of the easiest steps. Um, and what we've identified as 
we believe is one of the easiest steps is um, switching to protected urea. And the reason for that is that as a farmer, you're already spreading fertilizer nitrogen. So you've already got a fertilizer spreader. Um, the change involves uh, ordering a different fertilizer and, 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 and setting up the, the fertilizer spreader, calibrating the fertilizer spreader to spread urea rather than, than another product. So we, we think that's a, a reasonably easy switch. There's, there's not a, you know, a lot of um, you know, training or extra effort required, but, but it, it, it is a switch nonetheless. So I'm, I'm not diminishing the size of the switch for any individual farmer. But if you compare that to something like, um, say, you know, switching your breeding practice or incorporating clover across your entire farm, those latter two examples require a lot more um, management of, of, of your farming operation over multiple years. Um, so, yeah, we, we think the easier switches, some of the easier ones are, are like uh, protected urea, applying lime. Um, better use of slurries. Um, they're some of, we believe some of the easier ones, um, but some of the harder ones then are in relation to th that require more management and more more management by the farmer over multi a, a longer time period. And then that's not to say at all, Deirdre, about the, the technologies that uh, Chagas has identified, which can reduce emissions that aren't available to farmers yet. Okay, so they're 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 being researched by Chagask at the moment. So, and I'm, I'm including here the likes of uh, feed additives to reduce methane and also slurry additives to reduce methane from slurry. And these are being researched at our research uh, facilities in Moor Park and Johnstown Castle and Grange um, uh, over the last number of years. They're showing very good promise, but they're just not commercially available to farmers yet. So once they become commercially available, we'll have more tools in the toolbox. And I'll, I hopefully I'll be able to talk to you maybe, um, you know, in future years and say, look, there's there's an, there's new products available now that can help to reduce methane from slurry. They're available. We know from research that they work. Um, the challenge then might might well become uh, for those two products um, is the cost, um, because for the likes of protected urea or the likes of lime, um, we can say to farmers that if you switch to protected urea, you will save money. If you apply lime to your land, you'll get a, a, a return on your investment. You know, the, the land will grow more grass, so that's, that's good. Um, whereas with the likes of feed additives, um, you know, the, the only, it looks like the only plus will be that you'll reduce emissions. Um, now, that's a good thing, but, but will farmers be willing to pay for that? So that, that's, that's um, something that's going to have to be, I think, teased out over the next number of years. Um, but there, there are technologies that are being researched uh, and they will be come on stream in, in the next number of years. Tom, you've mentioned your 12 steps like a stairs and you, you have to start on step one and there's no silver bullet. You accumulate each step you go up, it's more improvements and we have to reduce our emissions by 2030. And what I just, from judging what you're saying, the practices, the practice change you're asking for is really good practice change for our agricultural systems and we'll have a better farm for it. And by the sounds of things, there's a bag of money at the top of that stairs, as well as reducing our gaseous emissions. And you mentioned feed additives, but if we don't meet our emission targets, we're going to get penalised in some way anyway. So what I would say is we, we know that this will work, but how are you going to convince farmers that um, that this will actually work? And I think, you, can you tell us a bit how your demonstration farms might might add to, towards that? Yeah, so you're absolutely right, Carl. Um 
you know, we have, we, we have evidence from research that the technologies that we're recommending work. Um, but in order to achieve a, the reduction in emissions that's required from Irish farming, we need wide scale adoption of these technologies on, on all farm types. So, you know, dairy farms, beef farms, sheep farms, tillage farms, all those farmers have to, I suppose, recognize um, the challenge that's facing Irish farming. Um, and that every individual farmer can can play a part. I suppose a little a little different to the areas, Carl, that you yourself and Deirdre work on in terms of water quality. Um, for water quality, uh, if there's a problem in a stream in South Kilkenny, um, you have to resolve that issue in South Kilkenny on that stream. It, you know, you could go up and do great work on a on a river in Mayo, but it'll make no difference to the stream in South Kilkenny. Whereas with uh, gaseous emissions, uh, greenhouse gas emissions, um, we have one atmosphere. So any gas that's released goes up into the atmosphere. So, you know, a ton of fertilizer saved in South Kilkenny, a ton of nitrogen fertilizer saved in South Kilkenny, the same difference uh, will be achieved if, the, if that ton of fertilizer is saved in Mayo. So that's an important difference between um, greenhouse gas emissions and, and water quality, I guess. Um, and and it, every farmer can can play a part. So um, that's important. Sorry. Uh, oh yeah, the, the role of demonstration farms then. So yeah, we we, we believe, and uh, within Chagas, we have a lot of experience over many years of um, of of working with demonstration farms, and we see two roles for demonstration farms and demonstration farmers. Uh, one is that the farmer works with an advisor to incorporate technologies into their farming system. And over the years, that could be better grassland management. It, it could have been uh, better breeding. It, it could have been um, uh, improved milk quality or, or better milk protein content. And the farmer will have made changes working with the advisor, and 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 Chagas then monitors that 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 process over time and is able to tell the story of the change. And we we have seen that uh, demonstration farmers can play a key role in terms of sharing their messages with other farmers, and that the the demonstration farm becomes effectively a space for learning by by other farmers primarily but also for other advisors or industry partners that that they can see what's possible on a commercial farm and and it's not you know it's 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 not a research experiment so you know there's um it's not set up in a research experiment it's 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 on a real farm and it's encountering the same challenges that other farmers face in that locality whether that be weather or whether it be soil type or uh, whether it be um, you know milk price or you know whatever the challenges are faced by the by the general farming population they're faced by the demonstration farmer um, I suppose the only difference is the demonstration farmer uh, is supported by an advisor so has a high degree of advisory support so that I guess that is a point of difference um, but um, the farm works with the advisor adopts the, the technology or makes the change on farm and then works with the advisor to sh share those stories so that other farmers can can learn from uh, the demonstration farmer. So we have deliberately put demonstration farms at the center of our signpost program. Um, and we believe we're getting good traction with those farmers and we're beginning to see, you know, changes happening on the signpost farms um, as a result of the efforts of the, of the advisors working with the farmers and of the farmers themselves.
What's the progress of the signpost programme so far, Tom? Have you seen any evidence of improvements and what measurements can you take to show these improvements? So it's a very good question. Um, and, you know, an organisation like Chagas, we we put a lot of store by by measurement and monitoring and, and I suppose, data and science and, and, and uh, so on. So we are we are recording the performance of the, the various uh, signpost farms. So we can um, highlight their progress in relation to the to the adoption of the, the the mitigation actions that we've spoken about earlier in the interview. So Cahill used the term tools in the toolbox. So how are the signpost farms performing in relation to the tools that are available to them to reducing greenhouse gas emissions? So for example, if if we look at our dairy signpost dairy farmers, we can see that of the nitrogen that they spread in 2022, 52% was um, was protected urea. Now, for a typical dairy farmer in the same year, it was about 15%. So they're, as an example, so the group of demonstration dairy farmers, they're, they're, they've, switch, they've, they've taken a bigger step in switching towards protected urea than the typical farmer. And, and that's, that's, of, that's of help to those, the group of demonstration farmers. It's, it's lowering their greenhouse gas emissions. So the, so, and then the opportunity is there for the general farmer to say, well, if the demonstration farmer can use 51%, spread 51% of their fertilizer nitrogen as protected urea, maybe I could, I could do too. Okay. Um, they've also reduced their fertilizer nitrogen by 17% versus 2021. Um, and um, for the typical farmer, the, the, the reduction in fertilizer nitrogen was about 5% in, in that same period. So for those two key technologies, the, the demonstration farmers um, have gone further than the typical dairy farmer went in, in that period. And in terms of cattle farmers, we can see again that uh, the usage of um, protected urea is at 38%, um, and, and that's higher again than the typical cattle farmer. And the reduction in fertilizer use, usage was um, about uh, 14%, um, and again, um, um, a higher reduction than, than was, was typical, or was, than was achieved on the typical farmer. Um, so, and then we can also go on and we can look at their greenhouse gas emissions. So we can we can uh, take measurements to allow us to calculate their greenhouse gas emissions. Um, and on our dairy farms, we can see that their uh, greenhouse gas emissions uh, sh showed very little change between 2021 and 22, um, largely because there was of an increase in uh, animal numbers. So the the things that they did well, the reduction in fertilizer use, the more protected urea, that helped to reduce emissions. But then there was one or two extra cows kept on average, or animals kept on average, um, and that then outweighed the the the, the um, gains made in terms of reducing emissions through the adoption of technologies. So it it to me what that paints a picture of uh, Deirdre is 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 the challenge uh, facing individual farmers um, to reduce emissions because there's a lot of different parts come together um, in. You know, in producing food, so um, and you have to get them all lined up if 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 you're if it's going to follow through with a reduction in, in emissions on the farm. One can offset another. One one can p potentially yeah. offset another. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and it's it's something that's coming up from some of the farmers uh, on the program that you know they're saying, but we made great strides. We you know we switched to protected urea. We cut our fertilizer nitrogen use. We we added a lot more clover into the into the grassland swards. We uh, made better use of our slurry. 
Um, you know, our EBI is continuing to grow. So a lot of the things were moving in the right direction. And then there was, but, but we had one or two extra animals on the farm. Um, and that, that has negated all the good work. And I suppose what, what, what you know, to bear in mind that when we talk about um, fertilizer nitrogen and, and the impact it can have on greenhouse gas emissions, about 20% of our greenhouse gas emissions are, are from our use of chemical fertilizers. So you, you could do a fantastic job on, on improving your use of chemical fertilizers, which are only going to have an impact on about 20% of the, the greenhouse gas emissions for the farm. Um, uh, so it's, yeah, it's, it, it, it is, it is challenging, um, but we are, we are making progress in terms of the adoption of technologies. And, and to me, that's, that's the first step for an individual farmer. And then, um, we, we, we can, we can, we can look at nationally then at, at, at other trends as, as groups of farmers come together. But for an individual farmer, the first step has to be about the adoption of, of the, the mitigation technologies. There's there's a lot done in the program so far, and, and I'm really interested in the findings that have come up to date and the intricacies and complexity of what you're trying to achieve. But what's next for the program? So yeah, for me, um, we need we need a couple of more years data, um, you know, to have confidence in in our measurements. I guess okay. So we we've 2021 was a baseline year. We established a baseline. 2022 then is the second year. So we're we're you know just about ready to publish our 2022 results and hopefully you know by the early parts of next year we should have a third year's data together and you know once you have three years of data i think you know you're beginning to you know say yeah we can have some confidence now that you know we know how the farm is performing uh where you know we have confidence in we can start to say there's trends emerging or not you know after, after two years you're you're always suspicious as to you know is, is that a is that a trend or is is it just you know is it just two points on a on, on, on a line, you know, so, um, yeah, so that's the first thing. Um, the next thing for me then as well is, uh, and it came up very strongly in a, in a workshop we held recently um, about the program was this notion of um, integration uh, came up quite strongly. And, you know, what I took for that was if we can integrate other elements into the program. So can, as well as looking after the greenhouse gases, can we also do something to help biodiversity? Um, and that might also help, say, our hedgerows in terms of our trees on the farm, and that might help in terms of storing carbon as well. So how do we integrate the, the biodiversity piece um, better into the, into the signpost program overall? And also on the theme of integration, I think um, the results that I described to Deirdre we're all about the emissions. But there's another part of the equation called sequestration because our farms also, as, as our farming activities create or generate greenhouse gas emissions. That's, that's a fact. Um, and, and we have to work to try and reduce the amount of greenhouse gas emissions generated through our farming activities. But there's also a second side to the, the, the equation and that's about storing carbon. Farms also store carbon. They, 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 they take carbon uh, dioxide in through the process of photosynthesis. Um, some of that then is is respired again overnight. Um, so there's photosynthesis and respiration every 24 hours. But but there's there's always a balance, either you know a a, a positive or a negative. And and uh, where where there where there is more photosynthesis than respiration, well then that surplus has to be stored somewhere, and it's stored in our in our leaves and when the leaves die and rot into the ground it's stored in our in, in in the soil okay so our soils store carbon 
Um, so we have to get a, and, and we are working on getting a measure of the amount of carbon stored in our soils. And when we have that, uh, my ambition would be that as well as being able to talk to you about the amount of emissions, that we can say, yeah, that's on, on the negative side of the page, but on the positive side of the page, we've managed to store an additional so many kilos or tons of, of carbon dioxide equivalent. And we can say then the net position for an individual farm is one minus the other. I'd like to think we could we we'll get there. We, we we will get there um and hopefully we'll get there, you know, in the next year or two that we'll we'll we have a good handle on the emissions. We're working on getting a handle on the level of sequestration. And when we have both figures, we, we should be able to create a net picture for the farm. And I, I think that could be important. Um, and, and also then, I suppose, kind of aligned with that, uh, Cahal, is that there's a lot of discussion ongoing at the moment about the introduction of carbon farming. And, and to me, you know, having a measure of emissions, having a measure of sequestration will allow farmers then if in time to participate in, in a carbon farming market so that if their farm is storing carbon dioxide and locking it away, that there could be a value on that, a monetary value on that. So I guess that's maybe where we're, that's maybe a couple of years away yet, but I think we have to keep that in mind as we work through the programme. You sound like you're very busy, Tom, but you're lucky you have a great team of people around you. We're at the beginning of the Signpost Sustainability Month. Um, what have you planned for this month, Tom? Yeah, so my colleague Siobhan Kavanagh took a, a lead on, on this, uh, Deirdre. So um, what we have planned are a number of farm walks, uh, some of which have already happened. A number of farm walks happened in the first week of October on the signpost farms. Uh, further walks will happen uh, as we go through October. Uh, we've also planned um, uh, to um, uh, publish a number of articles to our webpage and a number of videos um, to our social media channels. So it's, it's a combination of farm walks, um, articles and publications and um, a, a, a presence on social media over the month of October. And our focus for the month is to try and highlight the importance to, to farmers of knowing the emissions profile for their own farm. So the, the theme for the, the month is know your, know, know your number, make a plan. So the idea there is that every farmer should be able to access an, an emissions profile for their farm uh, through the AgNav platform or, well, at, at least um, dairy and beef farmers ha have that opportunity anyway. So all dairy and beef farmers. Um, so AgNav is, is the new digital sustainability platform. And, um, you know, you as a farmer, um, I, I don't think you have any chance of trying to improve your situation unless you first of all understand what your situation is. So where are you starting from? Is, is your farm a large emitter of greenhouse gases or a, small, a smaller emitter of greenhouse gases? Um, and where are those greenhouse gases? Where are they coming from? Um, and once you have identified that uh, along with your advisor, well, then you can make a plan. You can say, you know, I can, I can work on reducing fertilizer nitrogen or maybe I've already reduced fertilizer nitrogen. There's nothing more I can do there. So what's, what's the next step for me? So you're you're looking to see you know what 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 further changes you can make. Um, so ag, that's available and that's that's a focus for this month to try and encourage far, more farmers to understand the emissions profile for their farm. So that it's it's you know it doesn't really matter what's happening on your neighbor's farm. You know you as an individual farmer have control over what happens inside your farm gate. So you have to understand what's going on in my farm. 
what activities are generating emissions and what can I do to, re to reduce those emissions? Tom, it's very clear that the Signpost programme has a very important role in, in, I suppose, the future of Irish agriculture in regards to reducing our emissions. And um, I think I'm, I'm getting a message loud and clear from you today to, to not to forget that there is a target looming 2030 and it won't be long about coming. So we have to hit the road running. And I know water quality is all over the headlines at the moment, but equally, uh, it's it's the very same for gaseous emissions that we have to have to target that as well and try and meet those goals. Um, look, the very best look in the future of the program, and I'm looking forward to see um, future developments and technologies coming down the line for you. Thanks very much for joining us, Tom. Thanks, Cahal. Thanks, Deirdre. That's it for this episode of the Chagas Environment Edge podcast. Thanks to Dr. Tom O'Dwyer, head of the Chagas Signpost program, for joining us on the show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Carl Summers. And I'm Georgia Glenn. Join us next time for the Chagas Environment Edge podcast, Signpost to Farm Sustainability. <laughs>